my name is Mark Lin. I'm uh, here with my partner. Jordan Thomas from United Boxing Club. And today we have R.G. Grant and Elias Theodoro. Uh, guys, thank you guys for making the time tonight to come see us. We're really happy and really fortunate to have you. And we've been looking forward to this for a little while. Uh, yep. Welcome to the Fighter Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Round of applause for you guys. Round of applause for thank the boys you, in you, here. Thank you. you know, um, uh, let's, uh, let's just jump right into it. You know, um, uh, R.G., I've been hearing about you. I'm originally from New York. I'm, uh, came to uh, Toronto, and I can't go anywhere without boxing, without hearing about how your coaching has sort of either molded people, changed people. I heard you ch coached everyone from kids to grandmas to pro athletes to, you know, underdeveloped, whatever. But you are that guy here. I'm, uh, give me a little history. How did you get, did you, are you originally from Toronto? No, um, uh, first of all, thanks for having me come out here. Uh, it's actually pretty cool to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> We're socially distancing. You know, um, no, I've been I've, I've been around. Um, I'll say sports forever. Um, boxing was just the outlet that um, I followed my brother's path. Um, they started boxing. I want to say in 1981, and um, they started working with. Uh, We'll call it the Scarborough Boxing Club, which was a sailing around boxing club in okay. the city. Yeah. And um, the coach in the past away, and at the time, Russ Amber was like a, a young 18-year-old kid in Montreal looking after little young amateur kids. Oh, wow. okay. And my brothers were in the gym at the same time, and the gym closed down, so they started to train guys ironically in this day and age in the park or anything oh, going on. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you were before right. COVID. Right, this is pre-COVID. This is, this is 1982. <laughs> uh, so uh, they're training guys in the park and um, it looks like some city people caught a wind that these guys were doing stuff on a junior provincial level and doing all right. And they, the city offered them an old fire station that um, ended up being Ring 83. And um, that's how it started. And I used to just follow my brothers to the gym as a young kid, just to honestly wrestle Russ at the end of the day yeah. when training was done, right? <laughs> just go to wrestle Russ. And uh, then after, I've just been around the sport ever since. And um, I think uh, just being around um, boxing on a whole um, just molded some of my greatest relationships in my life are people that are around combat sports, you know what I mean? And mm. it doesn't have to be all around athletes and, and people that want to compete. It's just more for uh, people's well-being, you know? I, 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 don't, I don't think I call myself even a coach, really, you know what I mean? I'll say I'm more of a... You're humble, man. Nah, I mean, uh, I, I'm a coach, but yeah. I, I would feel more, I'm more of a, a mentor, guider, teacher, mm. in a way, to... Mm. to to the people, yeah. not just the athletes, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm blessed to get the opportunity to do what I'm doing, man. People, it's especially nowadays, you know. I just yeah. did a not to get off track, but I did um, me and um, six of my buddies from Montreal that live out here now. Mm. During the Christmas break, we did. Um, uh, we started this program just to try to get for needy people. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, we reached out to a couple families, and um, when you see poverty happen 20 minutes from here, mm. you know what I mean? I'm not trying to soften up the mood right now, but it gives you a different perspective on life. Even us sure. not having our gym and stuff open right now and, and not living our regular lives that we could normally live. Um, 
you just see things right in front of you, like down the street, and people you be walking in Walmart not realizing their struggle. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? So, um, um, when it comes to the coach and all that stuff, I'm just happy to help people out. Mm. Got yeah. it. You, you know, I'm a, but you you've also boxed um, a, on an amateur level. Yes. Yes. Got it. and uh, what what's your sort of amateur pedigree? Uh, I didn't I, I didn't get to I didn't get to do what I was supposed to do. Uh, I had a lot of hand injuries as a, a young fighter coming up, and, and I was still also quite a bit, yeah. Um, and I was also um, a multi-sport kid. I was mm -hmm. play football for the city of, uh, of Saint Laurent, and I used to play basketball, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there's a point where I was all right at all three of them, and um, got it. It got to a point where Russ was like, listen. You're a good receiver. Mm. You seem like you're a very good point guard, but you're a hell of a educated boxer because you've been around this shit all your life. Mm -hmm. You got to make your choice. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, I would juggle it. You know what I mean. I would go to basketball practice seven thirty in the morning and go to school, and then have our basketball game to leave the games to go to the gym, and then mm. the next day I would try to make up football practice or stay extra, or go to another practice like the pee wee practice to stay for the phantom practice just to make up the extra time yeah and yeah, then yeah. go to the gym so i could still get my work in you know what i mean and just off of talking about yeah, that stuff yeah, right yeah, now yeah, kids yeah. don't even know yeah. what it's like to, two <laughs> hours is a lot of time i used to do that from four o'clock straight to nine o'clock just because i wanted to yeah well yeah. not not going to but but elias he's got a he's got a nord of a an a, a newer story than this, not the age you, not the age you coach, right, right, but right. you know, Elias, he, you know, he started relative, you started relatively right. late, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? about 2020, about 2021, yeah. uh, what's called in a couple of years after rolling right into Grants. Yeah. Right on. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Grant, was, was, was RG your first coach? Sorry, fellas, RG was uh, Elias's coach. It was uh, called for, for well, Boston? he's been my coach now at this point, it's been roughly tw 11 years. Ten years? No. Give about that? Because so I've, yeah. I've been professional. Yeah. It was just before I went pro. It was just about my first pro fight. Just yeah, he come by the gym and get some work in. But um, he used to have a coach named Steve. Steve, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Steve used to bring him around with another guy, Ryan, mm -hmm. and they used to come out to the gym and get some work. And uh, when Elias had his first couple of fights, he used to fight uh, out east, like in yep. Halifax and them that circuit, and he was killing it out there. And then after it started to make some ground. And then he started coming to the gym, and Steve was like, "Listen, man, you got to take Elias on and, mm. and, and develop him. You got the fighters in here. You you've been around this thing a little bit." And I don't even call myself a mixed martial arts coach. I'm just a coach that understands this shit a little mm. bit better. And Elias will tell you, "Don't ask me no terms, no jujitsu terms. I just what looks what looks like it's there. Get out of that. It's yeah. not. Yeah. He's yeah. being a little yeah. modest on it. He, he might not have the what's it called the the, the specific direction of the go go this and plot of that, right. but." He knows exactly. Again, everything translates well, uh, well, because he's a he's a martial artist m more more broadly speaking, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, as a, a pedigree as a boxer and uh, with all the other sports that he knows, but uh, it's the translation. He's been a, in in the gym with martial artists in every single capacity, and uh, what's it called? It all just kind of forms together because he knows what being athletic is. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, even you know, from a from an outside perspective, I'm not really a, a mixed martial arts watching type guy, mm -hmm. but you know. I've seen a little bit, and uh, I've seen the transitions from striking. Is, is this correct, Elias? From striking as being sort of like the 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 show getters, the attention getters, versus 
uh, grappling and jujitsu, et cetera. Is, has there been a transition or am it, I just making that up? No, no. I think what ended up happening was if you go back to the original aspect of mixed martial arts, the whole purpose was to show that jujitsu was the greatest martial artist, right? Like um, you had the Gracie family and they basically had a promotion built together called the UFC where they basically said, instead of putting the, their best son, uh, it was all the uh, Hen Henzo Gracie, they, they ended up putting um, uh, the smaller, uh, what's called brother, um, Hoist Gracie, uh, just to prove that jujitsu can take on the biggest, toughest dude at mm -hmm. 160 pounds soaking wet. And that's why, again, some of the freak shows that you would see at the beginning of the fights, um, this little guy in a, a gi would just come up and strangle people. Um, then translating into the actual sport, um, that was mixed martial arts. Obviously, just like in NASCAR, people like the crashes and nothing better than a, uh, you know, four ounce gloves hitting someone in the face. It's a little, a little less forgiving, right? So the knockouts are definitely something that people want to see, but I think that the overall, the overall um, aspect of a fan's knowledge is actually growing. So you have someone like Khabib who isn't the best striker, but people know that the fact that he's such a tactician of grabbing you and holding you and squeezing the God. life out of you, um, more and more people can appreciate it. RG, I saw your face just a while ago. You were like, four-ounce gloves? Somebody hit me with a four-ounce glove. It's a different kind of fight. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we're playing around in the gym with these guys and just feeling it. You know when people give you that nookie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technical term. <laughs> it, don't, it don't feel nice, man. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I mean, yeah, like, for me, how do you see, RG, uh, you know, with... with the mixture of fighters that you've, you've trained, professional uh, boxers and professional uh, MMA fighters. Um, do you train them any differently, and, and, and if so, how? I, I don't think I train them differently. Um, I think I just know how to channel each one of them differently. Mm. Um, Elijah told me, we all train systematically in the room predominantly all the time and left somebody has a fight coming up and then mm -hmm. we focus around that person. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if depending on the type of athlete that, say for instance, we'll use Elias for example, he's fighting. If he's fighting a guy that's a, a striker, he's gonna get a lot more boxing sparring with my higher end boxing guys that are a little more sharper on the IQ. So when he's actually seeing uh, a striker that's trying to get off, that's not as sharp as as a as a boxer is, um, his awareness will be a little more at key. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't I don't think we um, at the gym, and I, I don't want to say it's just me myself we do it systematically as a group mm. um in the gym uh, when we're we, when we're training each other um but um i don't i don't train all of them the same way we all do it together and and harness the skills and, and learn off each other you know now fight camp like lengths what's your is there a general sort of a length of fight camp that you would take someone or does it is it contingent on how they come into camp etc if we have a guy that's in the gym that we get a fight and then we say, okay, we got a fight that's getting ready for the next nine weeks and he's already been in the gym, like say an extra three or four weeks prior to that, yeah, we'll I... taper it off a little bit from the beginning. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Let's get some comprehension on what we're going up against. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a game plan guy, you know what I mean? So um, I like to see what we're doing. Some of my fighters don't like to look at who they're gonna fight. They don't wanna watch tape, some of them, you know what I mean? So I'll be that guy just to pick off what Who's what? What's their what's their what's their what's their gifts? I, I don't want to see what their weaknesses because I want to take away their gifts. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and, <laughs> and why like boxers out there? Uh, 
why have they chosen you to you know there's there's fighters that choose a certain you know coach for maybe more tactical training more maybe to, to work on their left hook to work on their footwork um, do you have do you have a, a, a something that people say okay I'm gonna go to RG to work for that or is it more like this guy understands me or is it contacts like how do people find out about you and I wish I could answer that yeah. question, man. I mean, I, 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 I'm i sort of flattered by thinking you guys are really saying, like, people are coming at me like that because... Oh, for sure, man. RJ, for sure. RJ. <laughs> you're, you're, stands. Yeah. I'm, 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 hey, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's nice to hear. You yeah, know what I mean? Um, me, personally, I think people come at me because I don't bullshit. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not a cheerleader. I ain't mm. here to make you feel good. I'm here to give you what it is, man. And, and if, if you can't take it from me, there's somebody, there's somebody else going to try to take your lunch money. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And if, if, I, if you can't understand that in this business, this business is not the nice guy games. It's not, mm. it's not badminton. You know what I mean? It's you're not going to get, you're not going to, a birdie only stings for a, four seconds. And you're like, oh, fuck, okay, it's back to, and you're back to playing badminton again. Right. This could cause, Damage for the rest of your life. But listen, I, I heard fight the fight game was an ugly man sport, and Elias, he's like a you know <laughs> he's a poster boy. You know what I mean? He's a poster boy for like ring girls. You know like, well, Elias does the right job. he does the right things. You know what I mean? He, 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 90 percent of the time when Elias is in the cage, he goes out there to do what he is supposed to do. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes it doesn't look like the highlights. It doesn't look like it's a, it's a, oh it's fan flaring. It's it's a friendly fight to watch. But he goes out there and punches in and punches out and gets a check. Mm. You know what well, I mean? As long as he wins, that's the purpose of the game. Yeah, and maybe Elias. What, why did you choose Archie? And why did you choose keep choosing him for 10 years? Well, again, it's um, a lot of the theme that we've talked about. Uh, it's He's honest. He's no bullshit like we talked about. And he's all about honest work. And he'll tell you straight up um, every single day whether or not it's honest work that you've put in. And he'll be as real as as anyone uh, throughout the whole camp from the beginning to the end and uh, what's it called and he's just a great person to be around and people when they start martial arts when they start whether it's boxing whether it's MMA whatever it is it's uh, that passion to see someone that has that passion um, each and every day um, mm -hmm. uh, is honestly it, it, it's a blessing every single time you walk into the gym mm. RG I mean you, you've trained a bunch of people you know, I'm um, uh, Steve Rolls. Yep. You know, definitely, uh, definitely. You know, one one of your most no more notable people that I know of. Maybe Steve's someone my, else. Steve, Steve's my little. My, uh, uh, I, I want to say he's my little brother, but Steve's like my son, man. I, I, I and, and I'm not trying to be biased. To, I love all my guys. I mean, these these are like my kids. They're like my children. They're, but I treat them like my brothers. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and the room doesn't change too much with a lot of the guys. You know what I mean? I'm not that coach that just, oh, you want to come and train with me? Oh, come on, come on in, right? It's a vibe. Mm. If I treat this like a relationship. You know what I mean? If, 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 if me and you can't feel like we can hang outside of what we do, you, you get what I'm saying? I'm not saying me and you got to go have dinner every day. You know what I mean? Like me and Elias, we don't hang out all the time. But when we do, 
It's a great time. Mm. We, I could go and hang out with his parents if I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I mean, seen around the town, and I've seen you with your fighters. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be you, you, when you're going to war with with, with your troops. It's supposed to feel like an army. You're supposed to be able to trust and lean on your, your compadre and know mm -hmm. say you're safe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No matter what, even if it doesn't have to be fight business. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It just has to feel right. I, you know? I, I feel like I, I see that a lot with like uh, with with you know established old school trainers. You know where you have a guy that comes in, lives with you. Think of like Cuss and Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm a, I look at trainers now a little bit differently so you you caught you you found Elias very young and then you groomed him up to box and I see coaches either win either that way they find them young and groom them or they take them and they prolong their career like a Freddie Roach with Manny Pacquiao developing the right hook uh, yeah developing the, the left hook sorry. the right, right hook yeah, right the right hook. Kodo, yeah. yeah yeah or Kodo developing the left hook right you know we're with you, where do you see your most value? Where do you get the most worth from? Self-worth. Good question. Um, I think I get my most self-worth with the guys in the gym. Um, I treat the guys like they're, I say it's like family, but they're like they're like it's like Earth. Mm. <laughs> you know what I Got mean? It. Yeah. Um, like my kids, I don't, I I I want to see them develop to be the best. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm. If it were, I don't know too much about second place. I understand it. I understand it happens. I understand you got to deal with the situation at times. It's, it's part of it. It's part of what it is. Sometimes you win some and you lose some. But I don't know about that too much. Got it. You mm. get what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're doing this for a reason. Mm. It's for the glory. It's for the respect. It's for the honors. for the victory. You know what I mean? You don't want to be the guy that, oh, maybe next time. I hate that guy. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Because maybe next time becomes contagious. Like you're, you're, you're content with, ah, try mm. again tomorrow. Mm. No, because sometimes you don't get that second chance. This is, this is like, I don't play the 649 a lot. Mm. You get what I'm saying? I play when the, the numbers are high. You get me? So yeah. I, want, I want to win the jackpot. I don't want to win... $100,000. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it makes complete sense. But 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 it sounds like you do this for more than, than the money. Right? I love it, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've been around this all my life. This, 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 I've said this to a girlfriend of mine before. before um, she's like, oh, ever since you've been around, ever since I've been with you, all it is is boxing, all it is, I said, you know what, man? I got something to tell you. I said, I've been with a girl outside of you. Whoa! Like, what? Yeah, so it was one of that's, those. That's, ones, right? that, that's like a snitch violation. So, but, but, but I wasn't lying to her. You know? <laughs> no, you were not. That's policy, right? I said, I said, this girl has been true to me. She's treated me nice. She's never talked back to me. And when and when I do mess up, she pushes me right in my place. You know her name is. Her name is Boxing, and she's been mm. here longer than you've ever been uh, here. You get what I'm saying? So if you don't catch. like if you don't like that relationship that I have, that's been here before you've been around, mm, you nice. got to go. Deep, yeah. I'm, you know I'm, I'm going to run that same game. No, man, <laughs> I'm going to run that. I'm, I'm going to be like I've been cheating on you, girl. <laughs> and she got that good, good. <laughs> that last one. <laughs> No, it's true. It's 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 it saved my life. It's it's helped me out. I mean, it didn't save my life. I wasn't on no, I wasn't on no street stuff. You know what I mean? But it it molded me to know 
my mindset. If I'm trying to get to where I'm going, it's not going to be easy, man. If you're mm. trying to win, you better walk through the storm, man. It's going to mm. be some days like that. You, you know, I, I'm seeing like I'm seeing actually the the coach student relationship here. You know, Elias he picked up the the baton to sort of run with the idea of using cannabis. Um, uh, I don't want to run too deep into it. I don't know as much, obviously, as Elias, but from what I understand, it's been his sort of, you know, cross to bear as being the first athlete. Elias, tell me a little bit about how you even got into that, how you even got incorporated that into your training regimen and the diligence you picked up, what it sounds like from your coach, because he don't, he's not even playing the lottery if the money ain't right. Like, <laughs> he's like, nah. He woke up, took a little peek. He was like, number two. Well. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, well, yeah, again, um, you know, being uh, talking about that honest work and being honest with yourself, uh, cannabis is something that has helped me through my own, um, uh, what's it called? My own condition of bilateral neuropathy. I essentially have nerve damage up my upper extremities. Okay, um, okay good, because I'm retarded, Elias. You gotta tell me bio. Not, I can't even spell that. <laughs> <laughs> bilateral, which basically means two, right? Uh, okay, and then two. neuropathy is nerve damage, essentially, right? So nerve damage up my upper extremities. It, and and if you want to be technical, it essentially comes out of um, you know we talked about uh, hand in injuries and whatnot in the previous life. I was a uh, uh, a skateboarder and I used to jump off of really tall buildings before I realized I was terrified of heights and I broke my hands a couple times. You realized after? After the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah after the fact. Coach, well, something about coach, falling on concrete. Here, coach. Concrete. <laughs> falling on concrete really, really, really can mess you up. Competitively. But, um, Competitively. Exactly. Repetitively too. <laughs> but um, no, fast track to, to fighting. Um, another coach. Uh, another person that we both know, um, Lachlan, um, he's uh, been a, another coach for quite some time, uh, a friend as well, and his he's the one that kind of shoo showed me about cannabis more specifically, and I saw his uh, medical journey with it. And uh, again, anytime we did any traveling outside of Canada where he wasn't at, when he didn't have access of his medicine, I saw the detriment that any first line medicines did to his body. Mm -hmm. So it was it was seeing those trials and tribulations that he had to do as a patient uh, in different places when it turned out that I needed uh, medicine to help uh, my uh, medical needs. I, I knew that right away cannabis was uh, the better choice for me. And when talking to my coach, uh, talking to uh, my doctor, um, we both assessed that cannabis was best for me. And um, it, you know, uh, you know, fighters are stubborn people, and uh, being told no, uh, what's it called? Uh, in a fight, uh, you find ways to win. And uh, you know, the fight outside of the cage that I've uh, been uh, working on for the last five years or, or whatnot is really coming to the fruits to bear on that, whether it's, uh, you know, getting sanctioned as the first cannabis athlete, creating oh, that precedent. Okay, hold on, hold on. Sanctioned first cannabis athlete? God mm. damn, give that boy a round of applause. <laughs> give that boy a round of applause. God I damn. Grown man, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Man child. Sorry, we have to stop a little bit. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate it. Um, well, that's a precedent not only for myself, but all other athletes. And more specifically, it's through the Commission of British Columbia, um, which is a governing body in uh, the, the province of uh, British Columbia, as mentioned. Uh, the really interesting thing about that is it's the first time because uh, the British Columbia government runs the commission. So this is the first time that uh, any government in North America has recognized cannabis as a medicine in professional sports. Uh, and the way that the commissions all work with each other, 
Um, they actually honor the rulings in different, commis uh, different commissions and jurisdictions. So I'm already actually in the process of applying for therapeutic use exemptions, that's the technical term, um, for other jurisdictions in both Canada and the US. Uh, and the plan is once I create precedent there, no other athlete will have to deal with the, the trials and tribulations of getting their medicine recognized. And especially for the, the US, that's a, that's a way that no other athlete could do there because they don't unfortunately uh, have medical cannabis rights as we do in Canada. So uh, it's gonna take a, a Canadian to kind of uh, go through the back door um, and uh, knock uh, cannabis out of the prohibited list in sport. Hmm. RJ, do you have uh, any, uh, you know, any students now that are looking to sort of use cannabis or incorporate cannabis? Have you sort of encountered anything like that or yeah. is it just too new? Um, yeah. Because, because, damn, because my man right now is, is walking down the first paved street. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you like this. Like, I, I'm a old school guy. Not that old. Well, just mentality, like, brought up, like, okay. say no to drugs, drugs aren't good, la, 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 la. Um, I know the, the help of cannabis and how it helps um, athletes with pain and all that type of stuff. Um, but you also see some of the athletes that need it. Mm. And some of the athletes that want it, mm. you get what I'm saying. Okay. Um, some of the athletes that are just doing it to to feel the buzz and feel good and get the, the the body chill. Okay, but you're doing it as a recreational drug mm. instead of doing it for helping purposes for your for your body, mm. right? And I I measure it as the work quality when they're in the gym. Mm. You see how they react on what they're doing in the gym. You can see when a guy's stoned out, or you can see a guy that's actually taking a couple of drags and getting into the gym, and their their awareness is a mm -hmm. little more sharp. You know what I mean? I I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I'm just honest with them. You know what I mean? Like this might help him better than it helps you. So I don't think you should be messing with this because mm. when you come in the gym, you look like the movie Half Baked. And this guy's looking like he's Whole coming baked. in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And when Elias comes in there, he's actually capable to work for two hours. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's a difference, oh. right? And you got to just... You got to know yourself to find that realm. I mean, I mean, uh, from the little time I, you know, I worked with Elias and played around with them. That boy worked more than two hours. So. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Elias, Elias got that go get work ethic. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, kind of, uh, to kind of put a, uh, a little uh, addition on that. I think everybody and every body is different, and uh, you know, whether like it's that. whether it's cannabis, whether it's um, other other forms of narcotics, whether it's cheeseburgers, whether it's you know nicotine or anything in between, uh, you know excess uh, does someone wrong. If it, if it's if you're losing focus um, and you're using something as a crutch, it, it will only be a crutch. So I think um, everything in moderation to some extent is a, an important thing, and that's what fighters have to deal with, especially um, you know training camps. Obviously, you know we're human. Uh, and you know, a little I'm much better than I was when I was, you know, 25 versus now in my 30s. Um, but you know, the concept of a fighter, one of the one of the um, one of the sacrifices you have to do, you you always have to be on game day and some not game day rather. It, it, you're, you're, there's no off season in mm -hmm. comparison. 
uh, to other sports. Like, you know, the Leafs lose, they go to Florida and they, they just, they play pool or they play uh, golf for uh, a couple of months, right? They get, they, they kind of have their burner. But with a fight, especially if you lose, you gotta be in there twice as hard and you gotta get twice as better because you gotta come back to us as bad, uh, just as bad if not better. Well, you know, I see that sort of permeating throughout your whole career, whether it's the fight in the ring, fight outside of the ring. You know, but from an outsider perspective, what do you think, Jordan? You know, I look at it as sort of Elias has reached the top of the mountain. He got the license already. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you... I mean, like, yeah, and and I've seen that, like you're describing, like, you know, sometimes you lose and, and you got to put in double the work and sometimes you're on top. And what I've seen in your in your career, sometimes you're on top, but you can still like I know that you got released from the UFC, um, but that didn't stop you. You know, you 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 took that and you took that as uh, okay. Now I've got to work twice as hard. And not only I see you as a trailblazer for the cool cannabis athlete uh, movement, but I also see you as a trailblazer as you know fighters that are taking the fight into their own hands and and, and fighters that are you know started to now promote their own selves. And I see you on social media going hard. Uh, I see you. Uh, all the work that you're doing for your fight and going hard and now you have a fight coming up and it's all you know self-promoted and it's all well you know you have partners on board but i've seen the work that you've been doing ever since you know uh, i've met you and it's relentless every day you're like you know yeah the fight's coming up and da, 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 da. <laughs> and i think that that's you know that's a fight in its own and 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 that's a big avenue in its own um can you tell me a bit more about how you know, I think uh, the dynamic is changing for for fighters now, taking the taking the ranks and, and really doing their own promotion. Yeah, well, the really interesting thing that actually happened with mixed martial arts, more specifically, um, the uh, the U.S. judge actually just approved the classification of uh, the UFC's recent uh, antitrust uh, lawsuit. So now it's a class action. It's uh, mm. it's actually. Um, it's actually certified, so it's a class action lawsuit, and that actually will open up the door for getting mixed martial arts attached to the Ali Act. Um, for those of those that don't know what the Ali Act is, essentially was a, the first uh, ability for, and it was actually obviously named after Ali because of um, his case more specifically, but it gives the power to the athletes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and mixed martial arts, we don't fall under that component. Um, we follow under essentially contract workers. Mm. Um, we're kind of like uh, pro wrestlers, if you will. And the big example, for instance, is with the UFC. Um, they lock you in, you know, three, six, nine, uh, with all contracts, and there's no wiggle room with it. And mm. again, that 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 monopolistic aspect is, you know, there's obviously a lot of pros with the UFC because you know they were able to create this seven billion dollar company they were able to create mixed martial arts in the way it is that mainstream component but obviously there's a lot of power with it and if you could dig into the the component of um you know the uh, the revenue sharing um if you, you put it on standard with you know nfl nba mlb um those are all about 50 50 51 49 splits with the uh, the, the the athletes and um mm. the owners Whereas the UFC, it's it's about twenty eighty, and wow. that that's on yeah. that's on block where about the WWE and uh, the pro wrestlers are. Yeah. So the real interesting thing now, again with the new administration that's coming in, they're actually very open to the the the, the next steps that could potentially happen, and there are a lot of people in actually the Democrat Party that are actually going to push because um, the, the the mixed martial arts inclusion in the Alley Act was actually up on. Um, in one of the uh, the previous bills that was happening in the U.S., mm. but Donald Trump actually knocked it down and vetoed it, 
we they had 59 it was almost veto proof it was 59 uh, senators um, but then you get into the uh, the component and the conflict of interest Donald Trump is actually represented by uh, WME which is yep. the owner of uh, what's it called uh, the UFC so oh, there's okay. a little bit of that component yeah. but um, you know as a new um, as a new uh, what's it called um, administration kind of comes in a new direction will come in and uh, that one you know let's see where that goes but uh, they're very much poised uh, potentially I think right now the the damages are at 4.5 billion dollars and it's for 1,200 fighters which is hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars US for each fighter from uh, 2010 to 2017. Oh, well, we'll claim your check. You I, well, I, <laughs> yeah, I, you I, I, well you, you basically are in it until you uh, opt out. So okay, that's yeah. what the whole component of the class action lawsuit okay, component. Yeah. But going back to my fight, um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, with me more specifically, you know, when I did get released, um, I had the opportunity to go to different uh, promotions and whatnot. But, uh, you know, as Mark mentioned, uh, that, that cross to bear, that, you know, that, that, that determination to finish what I started, um, I, I doubled down in regards to the cannabis aspect and now uh, I'll be able to make history as the first sanctioned cannabis athlete in British Columbia mm -hmm. as fighter and promoter uh, for a 19 plus event which will, t uh, will be able to um, uh, take advantage of the, uh, the, the rules and regulations of uh, cannabis advertising in a way that no other uh, sports event can. So uh, there's no restrictions in regards to any of my cannabis uh, partners and sponsors for the event. And uh, again, I'll be able to medicate and no one will be able to stop me because it's well, my fundamental right. No restrictions. by my doctor. No restrictions on medication. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no restriction, medication. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little bit about this fight. Um, uh, so it's the, the date is set for... Yeah, March 12th. March 12th. Yeah. Perfect. And it's in British Columbia, yeah. correct? It'll be in Victoria. God is in Victoria. The island. Sorry, I'm from New York, so... <laughs> it, uh, all of that sound like Canada. Everywhere exactly. Canada. No disrespect. British Columbia. All disrespect. Victoria. Sorry, people. I'll give it to you like this: the, <laughs> Victoria and Kelowna, BC, is probably the two prettiest, prettiest. places in Canada you've ever, ever been. Life. Ever been. It's beautiful. Arjun, you can't talk to me about landscape. You, no, know, you know no, what I mean? No, I'm Jamaican. You gotta talk if, to me if you want. I mean? If you want. If you want the. Um, the, got the, it. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> but he, he's got it in the right spot. He's got it in the right spot. Well, again, it, actually, it, it works out because uh, it's actually one of the lowest, um, obviously in the, the COVID era, it's one of the lowest, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, affected areas because it is an island, um, what's it called, and we have a really uh, cool venue that we'll be able to announce soon. Um, a beautiful venue. It's like 55,000 square uh, square feet, but uh, again, Oof. because of the new protocols, can't have a single person in there. Sorry. So, <laughs> but, where, where can they find a fight? Uh, the fight will be on a. Um, it'll be exclusively on Imagine BC, which is uh, coincidentally an app uh, partner that I've uh, partnered with that is Great. has BC in it. Yep. Um, but it, it is a revolutionary uh, type of app. It's essentially encrypted. It, it's built off of. Um, it's built off of. Uh, like uh, essentially the same capacity of cryptocurrency and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, essentially, it, it, it hides the, the, the identity and the viewer and it, it's very much about data privacy and also equity. Mm -hmm. So the really cool thing about it, so we're going to have a whole launch uh, for all of January and February. Um, it's going to be free. It, it's a subscription based, right? So um, my subscription is for, every, for original content. Um, it's going to be four twenty, four dollars and twenty cents, naturally. Like um, and then for the 
what's it called, the fight, which will be in March, uh, you'll get to watch my fight and a month of my subscription. So you, uh, yes, for only $4.20. And then um, the whole cool thing about it is you actually get paid for your advertising. So um, you're gonna get it for free from January and February, and there are gonna be little pop-ups that say, do you wanna watch this ad? And every time you watch that ad, we're gonna pay you. So the actual app pays you. So the original investment that you give, because everyone's data, we're, we're, we're basically set on a way where, you know, Facebook is free, Instagram is free, um, you know, Twitter is free, but it's really not because they're taking your data and they're selling your data. That's your money. Okay, so the, the really interesting thing about Imagine BC is that they give the equity to you. So yes, they're gonna be taking some of your information in the capacity of um, what's it called, uh, your eyeballs and whatnot, uh, for every single advertisement. But again, there's the privacy where they don't know who you are. And especially when you're talking about the cannabis aspect, cannabis, even though it's legalizing in different areas, it's very much um, stigmatized in regards to the um, into the uh, the platforms that exist. For instance, THC and any other, like a bunch of other cannabis hashtags in Canada, even though it's legal here, are banned on Instagram. Um, what's it called? Uh, a bunch of different Instagram accounts that are cannabis um, inspired or friendly or whatever you want to say, they get shadow banned all the time. Uh, there's still that stigma. I luckily fall under that athlete, so I kind of have a loophole. So even when I talk about cannabis, I'm not banned because I'm, I just happen to have a check mark and uh, kind of work my way through it. So the, the great thing with Imagine BC is they're, they're cannabis friendly and again, my event and my my channel will all be 19 plus, which will be very cannabis friendly. And I'll be hooking up all my uh, members with uh, pretty much, like I said, it's $4.20. You're gonna get more than that in regards to advertising dollars that are gonna go back to you and also different prizes that I just hand out so, to people. So right. let me get so let me get this straight. You can make money watching a fight? Yeah. I'm in. I was in before, but now I'm super in. <laughs> yeah. I could get food money and watch a fight? Yeah. Oh my God. You done, I'm already I mean, winning. That, that, for me, that's awesome. It sounds like you're pivoting to so much different stuff, and, and that's, I think, the landscape that you know, I think everybody should, should really take at this point is really I, to pivot. Um, you know, I know that you've also been um, offered some boxing fights. Uh, you know, in the recent years, and, and I don't know how you feel, uh, you know, taking those, and I don't know, you know, even RG getting your take on how boxing, MMA, how those things, those both of these things mesh. Well, that one, that was more in regards to me fighting in a certain jurisdiction, just so I could, uh, what's it called, uh, was just so I could validate my therapeutic use exemption. Mm -hmm. It was, just, it was all a cannabis play. Um, what's it called? Oh, okay, right. Yeah. On. So, guys, so you I, I really weren't interested in, in, in boxing. <laughs> No, not because you could box. You could just box, so you right? know, Elias could box. But uh, again, uh, what's it called? The focus was I wanted a more fight because I'm a I'm a mixed martial artist. Even though I could box, I'm a mixed martial artist. And the and the play was more in regards to the cannabis space, and especially if I could uh, get my cannabis uh, license, uh, what's called accepted. There. Do you think so, boxers could be able to get on top of your cannabis license one day? Yeah. yeah. Well, again, uh, yep. boxers in in uh, so I set the precedent in BC. Yep. So now any because it. it Boxing and uh, MMA are both kind of from the same commission. So mm -hmm. any MMA fighter, boxer, professional, amateur can apply for their own therapeutic use exemption moving forward. Okay, so not only did you pave the road for MMA fighters, but also for boxers. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. And and I, what do you think about having MMA and boxing like cross cross crossover to each other? Uh, I mean, I do it all the time at the gym. I mean, sure. it's with some of my um, with some of my better. Um, MMA strikers, 
Um, I'll get them boxing fights and we call it paid practice. Mm. True. You know what I mean? Um, and I've, I've brought, shouts out to Abdullah Tamori. Um, yeah. I brought Abdullah out to Alberta. He's made his pro debut against a two-time national uh, provincial champion um, out in uh, Edmonton uh, a couple years back. And caused a big upset. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and it just what, what what happened was because in the boxing scene, if you're a boxer and you find an MMA fighter, it's supposed to be easy work, right? right. But um, and they looked at my guy as that guy. You know what I mean? So after the first round, I realized the crowd was quiet. <laughs> and I didn't hear the kid's name <laughs> once. I came back. I said, I said, do this. Listen, you got the plays. Sure. sure. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what was the other guy's name? Your guy's name is Abdul. Abdullah. Abdullah Tamori. And, and the other guy and he, he fought. Um, he fought a kid, and the kid's a stud, man. Eric Taylor. Okay, Shouts hold, out hold, to hold. Eric Taylor. I don't know both of these fighters, but in no way in hell is an Eric gonna beat an Abdullah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, was, Eric was a brother, though. Exactly. I don't care. I don't care what he is, but there's no way in hell that an Eric gonna beat an Abdullah. Finish your story. <laughs> um, but uh, Abdullah had no 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 real boxing. <laughs> Experience like 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 uh, Elias. He was a karate kid, yep. and um, he just was uh, how I, how I measured that primarily with with Abdul in the gym is um, I would see how he would do well with my pro guys. Mm. So he would have great rounds with Logan McGinnis. He would hang in there with Stephen Wilcox. He would work good with Kevin Lavely when he would come out. Um, and I'm like, yo, Abdul, you, you think you want to fight professionally in boxing? He goes. You think I'm ready? I said, I wouldn't ask you if I didn't think yeah. you could do it. You, you you hang with guys that have over hundreds of fights as amateur and professional. You know what I mean? So why not? I said, I wouldn't put you into nothing to get you killed, man. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah, he, yeah. he's he done all right. You know what I mean? That's but, that trust. But, but he also, winning that fight, this is the gift and the curse now, winning that fight, um, when you get a better uh, striker that could transition well into boxing with no real resume, um, all the fights after that are unfavorable. Mm. You get him saying. So oh, got like, it. You done. You messed oh, up you, the you bag. Oh, you beat the national champion Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, you messed okay. up the bag. You, you're gonna fight the killer in Quebec. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me bring you the, the yeah, monster yeah, in New yeah, York. Yeah, you know what it, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like that, but the, the, it's a good thing that I got guys that know how to handle themselves. Mm. I, I, I want to step back a little bit, um, uh, and sort of touch back on the idea with Elias. Uh, now that you're already the first sanctioned cannabis athlete, is your next move to help other athletes sort of achieve that status as well? Do you see that as uh, as your as your next progression in your fight to get cannabis as a as as a true medicine seen worldwide? Yeah, yeah, plain and simple. Yeah. So uh, again, the the next step is trying in a jurisdiction that's beyond BC. Um, well, obviously, my fight as well, and then uh, bringing the attention to that and, you know, the, the media, the hype, the this, that, and the other, the educational component, you know, talking about, um, you know, my story and how that can translate to others and, you know, an, an alternative. Again, medicine is medicine and each person is different. Everybody and everybody's different. Like, I'm not a doctor. I only talk to my doctor and he says, and, I, and my body says, the cannabis is much better than the opioids, the painkillers, and the other, uh, uh, what's it called, first-line medicines that not only don't work, but also have side effects that uh, affect me as both patient and athlete in the capacity that I'm supposed to be a, a you know, a, uh, what's it called, athlete competing at the highest level when all these side effects are detrimental to not only me as a person, but also me just 
training, me competing um, and whatnot. So, you know, being able to share my story and, 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 you know, kind of go through it while I'm still competing, because this is not me saying, you know, I used to do this and whatnot. The fact that I can still compete and I still have many more years into it, um, I'm excited to mm-hmm. fight not only in the cage, but out um, for cannabis and for my next one. Got it. I'm uh, in closing. We're going to uh, wrap things up a little bit here. Um, uh, Imagine BC, uh, fight March 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are in the Toronto, Ontario area, you want to coach the coach of coaches, your coach's <laughs> favorite coach, you go see my man, RG, Ryan Grant Boxing, a.k.a. the doctor, the professional. <laughs> and guys, thank you guys so much for coming down, making the time. I feel like I could speak to you guys all night, not just because I have a personal relationship, but generally, this has been a wonderful, wonderful chatting, and I learned so much. Thank you guys for sharing your knowledge and your time with us. Uh, Jordan, take it away, man. Yeah, man. Honestly, just uh, same thing. I, I really respect both of you guys. Uh, to have you guys on, on the table today, on the you know on the podcast today, is, is uh, very much appreciated. That's why I'm very grateful to have you guys here. You guys are welcome back anytime. You already know. Um, you know, and yeah, man. Thank you very much. Archie came color coordinated, just so you know. He, <laughs> yeah, he came yeah, ready for the he camera. Came, he, <laughs> he, he was like, he was like, I've been in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get the. I wear the same clothes for the last six months. Change it up. I'm gonna go see my first. I'm gonna go see my first love boxing. I gotta get dressed up, honey. I'll be home late. If you guys have anything to add, feel free. You know, like if you guys have anything uh, that you'd like to promote, that you'd like to to talk to the viewers about, um, you know, that we can touch today. Please, welcome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. All right, fellas. Thank you. That's it for us. United Boxing. Toronto, Ontario. That's it for us tonight. Okay. Thanks, fellas. Yes. Peace. Peace.